Heavenly Father, we ask that you would help us to keep our feet from every evil path so that we might obey your word. Oh, Lord, we pray that you'd be opening our minds by the power of your spirit this morning as we read these words that the spirit has retained for us to read this morning. Oh, Lord, we pray that this would be helpful for us as we seek to live for your glory. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, this morning we continue our study in the book of John, and particularly John chapter 14. And this has been a passage of scripture that we've seen is given to the apostles before Jesus leaves. Uh, and namely, he goes to the cross to die and then goes to his heavenly father. And so this is a, a time where Jesus is having a last meal with his disciples and giving them some words of encouragement and some words of comfort. And so we've seen the different ways that he's tried to comfort his disciples and to teach them what they are to do in his absence. And the part of scripture that I want to look at today is primarily verses 16 and 17 and verse 26 of John chapter 14, where he encourages the disciples and comforts the disciples with news that he is going to send his Holy Spirit to them. He's going to send a counselor to them, his Holy Spirit. And we see that in verse 16. The Lord Jesus says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. The Lord Jesus is sending the Holy Spirit. He's going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit to his disciples. And what is the purpose of sending the Holy Spirit to the disciples? Well, there's many different reasons why the Lord Jesus uh, sent the Holy Spirit from the Father to his disciples. Uh, lots of different uh, works of the Holy Spirit are done in the lives of believers. But I think here, in this particular context, we see that the Holy Spirit is to be a counsellor and even a legal counsellor for the disciples. And we see this from the way that he is described. In verse 16, there's a particular word that's used, a Greek word that's used to describe the Holy Spirit. Verse 16 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. Now, this word, uh, some translations don't even want to translate it. Uh, they leave it as paraclete, uh, which is, comes from the, the verb parakaleo, which means uh, someone who's alongside other, someone else, uh, calling alongside someone, and particularly in a legal situation. It's the way it's used in secular Greek at the time, uh, that it was a, a legal assistant or an advocate that is there to help somebody else and give them legal counsel. And so the new, uh, the net Bible actually has the word advocate. And the same word is used to describe the Lord Jesus Christ in 1 John chapter 2 verse 1, where he, uh, John says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. And that's the translation that we have in the NIV of someone who speaks to the Father in our defense, and that is Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So there's this idea of legality, of laws, and the counselor is one who helps us as we understand the law, the laws, particularly in this case, the laws of the Lord Jesus Christ and of God. And I think that fits with the context. We focus on the fact that the, the Holy Spirit here is meant to be a legal counsellor. Because what has been said around this, and what did we look at last time I preached? We looked at the fact that the disciples are supposed to be obedient to the commands of Jesus. We see this again and again in this passage. Uh, verse 15 opens with, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And then verse 21, 
Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. If you love me, you will obey me. And if you love me, then we will show love to you. And then in verse 23, Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. So there's a really strong emphasis in this passage, and we looked at it last time, on keeping the commands of the Lord Jesus. And this is scary for us and scary for the disciples at the time because they're conscious of the fact that Jesus is going and for us he has gone. And keeping God's commandments is difficult. There are many of them and we have a sinful nature within us and we have other temptations that come along and want us to disobey God's commands. So how are we going to go about keeping God's commands? And that's where the Lord Jesus says, don't worry, I'm going to send a counsellor to you. I'm going to send a counsellor. And and that's there in verse 16. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. I think even the way that the, the spirit is described there in verse 17 is the emphasis once again on the commands of God, the laws of God, that he is a spirit of truth. And then in verse 26, where the counselor is mentioned again, in verse 26, what does it say the counselor will do? The counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. What did Jesus do? When he was speaking to the disciples, he taught them a lot of the laws of God, how they are to behave before God. And so the counselor will remind the disciples of these teachings and even teach them to the apostles. And so here we see that the counselor, the Holy Spirit, one of his main functions, or particularly the function that is described here in John chapter 14, is to be a legal counsellor for the apostles. And so I think some of the English translations don't quite capture this, with the NIV and Holman having just the word counsellor there, and the ESV and NAS, uh, the New American Standard, uh, having helper. Uh, but basically the idea here is of uh, the Holy Spirit is like you get legal counsel before you do something. You ask yourself, is this right to do? And the Holy Spirit helps you to understand, would God have me do this? And after you've done something, the Holy Spirit's also like a legal counsellor that you go to. So think of a lawyer. I don't want to use the word lawyer too much because people have negative connotations about lawyers. But think of a lawyer. When do you consult a lawyer? It's before you're about to do something that you think may be actually illegal. And you go, is this going to be okay for me to do this? Or you see a lawyer after you've done something to try and establish that what you've done is okay. And you can have a defense. You can have a defender for what you've done. And if you have, it turns out that the legal counsel tells you you have broken the law, then the legal counsel helps you to make amends, helps you to work out how do I sort this out? How do I make amends for breaking the law? And so the Holy Spirit is given to the apostles as a legal counselor. And thankfully... He's also given to us. The scriptures teach us that the Holy Spirit wasn't just given to the apostles, but he was also given to us. And we need the Holy Spirit to be our legal counsellor. We need counsel about God's laws because multiple enemies are trying to get us to disobey God's laws or accuse us of disobeying God's laws. And one of those is even mentioned in the text. In verse 30, who is mentioned? 
Verse 30, I will not speak with you much longer, for the prince of this world is coming. The prince of this world, who is that being spoken of? It's Satan. And Satan wants us to break God's laws. So we need legal counsel. We need somebody to help us to know what we should do in every situation. And, of course, the world itself, the prince of the world is there, but then the world that he rules over wants us to break God's laws. And then, sadly, even our own flesh misguides us and wants us to break God's law. And so, although we don't have Jesus here to advise us, another counsellor has been sent from God to help us. But how does the Holy Spirit give us advice? How does he give us legal counsel? Well, it's interesting how it doesn't appear that he is to give us fresh revelations in this passage. What does it say about how he will teach us. In verse 26 it says, But the counsel of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. He's to remind us of what the Lord Jesus has already taught and to teach us what the Lord Jesus has already taught. But the thing for us is, how do we know what Jesus has taught? We're not like the apostles. We haven't had time with him. We haven't heard him preach. I would have loved to have been there and heard the Lord Jesus preaching perfectly and to sit with him as the apostles had that privilege of being with him and hearing from his own mouth. We have not received that privilege. So how do we know what Jesus has taught? Well, this is the wonderful act of the Holy Spirit in helping the apostles write down for us the teachings of the Lord Jesus so many years ago. That is what is being promised in one sense in verse 26 as well, that he will help them recall the things that Jesus has has said and they can commit them to Scripture and then we have access to the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit here before us in the pages of the New Testament and also the teachings of the Lord Jesus throughout the Old Testament. We know that the, the, the prophets all spoke by guidance of the Holy Spirit and by the guidance of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what is taught to us in Scripture. We see in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, it says, All Scripture is God-breathed. The same word for spirit is there in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And, of course, one, uh, 2 Peter 1, verse 21 says, For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by... The Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit has provided for us his teaching here before us in the pages of Scripture. And so wherever the Bible is taught, do you understand that wherever the Bible is taught, the Holy Spirit gives legal counsel? He gives legal counsel and then counsels us about Christ's laws. The Holy Spirit is like a lecturer who has written lecture notes that we have before us right now. And then marvelously, he's still here, living within us and helps us. We don't have to read the lecture notes on our own. No, we've got the lecturer there with his own notes, like if you were studying at university or at, at school. You've got the teacher there who's written the notes, and he's there to help explain the notes, help us to understand. He illuminates our minds as we read the scriptures. So personal Bible reading is not like reading any other book. We're reading God's law book. And so you can read a passage a hundred times and still be taught something 
new. You can come at a different angle and see something fresh because the Holy Spirit is living in you. He's alive and he teaches you as you read the scriptures. And sitting under the preaching of the word, it's not like going to a cinema to rate a movie out of five stars at the end. No, we're listening to a law lecture, a law lecture from the Spirit on the commands of God. And therefore, we can always find something interesting in there if the Spirit is living inside you. I had one member actually tell me that he's never heard a boring sermon on the Bible. He's always been able to find something in every sermon. As long as it's on the Bible, I can find something that the Holy Spirit is saying to me that is helpful to me as I seek to live for God's glory. And meeting with other Christians, whether it be at church, Bible studies, church lunches, reading Christian books or pastoral visits, it's not like meeting with other friends. It's like meeting with many legal counsellors. See, that's the thing. The Holy Spirit, picture him as a lawyer, as much as you may not like that idea. Picture him as a lawyer, but then if he lives in multiple people around, they're like all these other lawyers, that when you meet with them, they're all giving you counsel about how you should live. And that's really helpful because we're so tempted to break God's laws. So the Holy Spirit, he teaches us, and you see that there in verse 26. But there's some other function that the Holy Spirit has in verse 26 as well. What is it? In verse 26, it says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. He actually reminds us of the things that we already know, but sadly we have forgotten. It's one thing to be taught. It's another thing to remember what we've been taught. You can sit through a university class and you hear what the teacher is saying, you understand what they're saying, and you think it's wonderful, and you have been taught the material. But then you come to the test or come to the final exam at the end of the semester, and it's funny because you were taught, you understood during the class while the teacher was talking, but when it comes to looking at the paper, you go, I don't remember what I was taught. It's a sad thing about us humans that we have bad memories. But the Holy Spirit doesn't just teach us. He reminds us. Think of the Holy Spirit. He is with you during the exam, during the test. Imagine that you go into your university exam and your teacher is right there with you, helping you as you write the paper. As you fill in the exam questions, he's right there reminding you. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. We are tested by God throughout the day. Again and again, temptations rise in our lives. And what happens? The Holy Spirit is there with us. And he reminds us, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, do that. Don't do that. Do that. Now, you may not always be aware of him doing it, but because of the teaching that he has given you in the past, it is there and he reminds you of it as you're going about the tests that God brings to you each day. And so the Holy Spirit here, he helps us with at least two problems. Two problems, ignorance and forgetfulness. It is wonderful that he helps us with our ignorance of God's laws. If the Holy Spirit did not speak to us through the pages of Scripture, we would be totally ignorant of God's laws. Yes, we have our conscience, but we would suppress the truth that comes through the conscience. We would be ignorant of God's laws. And then we would regularly forget them if we did not have the Holy Spirit. And so it's wonderful to see how the Lord does this in the lives of people. By the power of his spirit, he reminds them of teachings. 
He teaches them and then reminds them of the teachings that they have heard. And I'll give you one example. I've just finished reading uh, a very encouraging book by Joni, Johnny Erickson Tata. Uh, Johnny Erickson Tata was a, a young girl who uh, dived in had a diving accident and was paralysed, uh, basically from the neck down. She could move her shoulders and then uh, do a bit of movement with her arms, uh, but basically she was paralysed as a teenager and then has lived a long life uh, following the Lord Jesus. But it was really hard for her. You read the account of how difficult it was for her in the early stages, and she was a Christian, but she became very bitter very sad and even angry against God. And how could he do this to me? And does he understand? And even friends around her were encouraging her in her depression. Other patients would encourage her in it because they were going through similar trials. And then she wrote this in the book, and I was really struck by this. Look what the Holy Spirit revealed to her as she was struggling with temptations. She says, I discovered that the Lord Jesus Christ could indeed empathize with my situation. On the cross, for those agonizing, horrible hours, waiting for death, he was immobilized, helpless, and paralyzed. Jesus did know what it was like not to be able to move, not to be able to scratch your nose, shift your weight, wipe your eyes. He was paralyzed on the cross. He could not move his arms or legs. Christ knew exactly how I felt. And then there's a quote from Hebrews 4, words of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. See what the Holy Spirit was doing for Johnny there as she's lying in the bed and she's despairing about her life as she's paralyzed? The Holy Spirit reminds her of the Lord Jesus and his teachings and his life and his obedience to the law and how he was paralyzed there at the cross. So he knows what she's going through. Hebrews 4 says he has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. He is able to sympathize with us, she understood. And therefore, she was able to do what Hebrews 4 commands. Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. And she has become one who has held so firmly to the faith that we profess and has become a wonderful example of someone who, even in the most ardent trials, tests. She is able to pass the tests because the Holy Spirit is with her, because he is teaching her by the word and reminding her of what she has understood. And so this is why it is so important for us to place ourselves in situations where the Spirit speaks. Under Bible reading, under Bible preaching, under Bible studies, under Bible-based fellowship, and reading Bible books, books about the Bible. Because when you do that, you are hearing the Spirit. You are hearing the Spirit speak. You never know what the Holy Spirit may teach you about the commands of God Imagine you're a student and you never attend lectures. You won't remember anything in an exam. If you never study the word, if you never study the commands of God, you won't know in an exam what to do. And if you never come along to Bible-based teaching, you never read your own Bibles, then you won't be reminded of what you've forgotten. We may not always learn something new when you come to church or open your Bibles, But it's amazing how often you are reminded of something that you go, oh, yeah, I'd forgotten that. And that applies to my situation just this week. 
I find that whenever I sit down in a pew and I listen to preaching, there's always something that I'm reminded about. And that I could have, if I just dredged my mind up, I think, oh, I should have been able to bring that up myself and apply it to my situation. But it's only as I'm under the preaching of the word or only as I'm reading the Bible that I suddenly realize that fits with what I've got. And why didn't I think of that sooner? Why didn't I think of it? Because I'm a sinful creature. And it's the Holy Spirit that is the reminder of such truths that are helpful to me. Now, you may be asking, why bother getting legal advice to keep God's laws? Why should I want the Holy Spirit to teach me God's laws? And why should I want him to remind me of God's laws? Well, it's so that we can experience what the Lord Jesus is trying to give to his disciples here, even as they're distressed at him leaving. What is he trying to do? He's trying to comfort them. He's trying to give them peace. And we even see that in verse 27. Right after he speaks about this advocate, this counsellor, this helper, He says in verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Remember when we looked at this passage before and we looked at the commands of God and why should we want to obey Christ's teachings? Because as we obey his teachings, he draws closer to us, not in regenerating work. No, we already have the Holy Spirit in us. But as we draw closer to him in his commands by being obedient he draws closer to us that's the promises that are given in this passage in verse 21 it says whoever has my commands and obeys them he is the one who loves me he who loves me will be loved by my father and i too will love him and show myself to him and then in verse 23 if anyone loves me he will obey my teaching and then what happens if you obey his teaching that the holy spirit has reminded you of my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him, we can get such comfort from God if we would only do what he has commanded. And therefore, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us the commands of God and remind us of those commands. If you're a person who says, I don't need to go to church, I don't need to read my Bible, I don't need Christian fellowship, do you realize what you are saying? I don't need the Holy Spirit. That's what you're saying. If you don't want to be around where the Bible is taught, where the Bible is read, you're saying, I don't need the Holy Spirit, because this is his book. It's God-breathed, Spirit-breathed for us. And such an attitude is really another manifestation of human pride. What are you saying if you say, I don't need to be around the Bible? You're saying, I know all, and I remember all. Remember the two things that the Holy Spirit helps us with? Ignorance and forgetfulness. And so if you say, I don't need the Holy Spirit, you say, I don't struggle with ignorance and I don't struggle with forgetfulness. Do you realize how foolish that is? And you're probably just showing your true colors. And what are the true colors that you're showing if you don't want to be around the Bible? Well, it's the world's. What does it say in verse 17? After Jesus has spoken about the Holy Spirit, it says, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. The world cannot accept the Holy Spirit. The world doesn't want to go where the Bible is taught. There are people all around us today, and they know what we're doing in this building, and they don't want it. They don't want the Spirit to speak to them. They don't want the Spirit to teach them and to remind them of God's commands. And so if you find yourself not wanting to be immersed in scripture, not wanting to be around other believers and to hear them speaking the very words of God to you, you should be asking yourself, am I actually part of the world? 
And that's why I don't want to be around the Bible. And that's a scary place to be. Imagine if you never cared two hoots about the Australian laws. What would happen if you lived here and didn't care about the commands of our government? You'd be locked up pretty fast. God's the same. If you don't care about his laws, you get locked up pretty fast because you break his laws. We've all broken his laws, and we will break them again because we've got our sinful nature working within us, and we've got the Satan against us, and we've got the world against us. And the thing is, when God locks us up, he locks us up for eternity. There's a reason to want to know God's commands. The punishment is imprisonment, is imprisonment for eternity in hell. And we see the destruction that comes from forgetting God's commands. And we saw that in Psalm 106. Psalm 106, flip back with me there. We had it read for us before. It's on page 598 if you've got a church Bible. The Israelites in Psalm 106 are described as receiving the great exodus, the great salvation that the Lord has given. He rebuked the Red Sea and it dried up and he led them through the depths as through a desert. He saved them from the hand of the foe, from the hand of the enemy. He redeemed them. Psalm 106, verse 13, what does it then say about the work of the Lord he has done for these Israelites? And then what do the Israelites do? Verse 13, Psalm 106, but they soon forgot what he had done, and did not wait for his counsel. In the desert they gave in to their craving. In the wasteland they put God to the test. Instead of seeing themselves as being put to the test, they put God to the test. So he gave them what they asked for, but he sent a wasting disease upon them. He sent destruction upon them for forgetting his counsel, for not being interested in his teaching. And then it continues, verse 16, In the camp they grew envious of Moses and of Aaron, who was consecrated to the Lord. They rebelled against their leaders. And what happens? Verse 17, the earth opened up and swallowed Dathan. It buried the company of Abiram. Fire blazed among their followers. A flame consumed the wicked. This is what happens to those who are not interested in the commands of God. Destruction comes upon them. And then the psalm continues. It talks about the idol worship that they do in verse 19. They exchange the glory of God for an image of a bull which eats grass in verse 20. They forgot, verse 21, the God who saved them, who had done great things in Egypt. Miracles in the land of Ham and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. So he said he would destroy them. Destruction comes because of their forgetfulness. Had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to keep his wrath from destroying them. And this is not peculiar to Psalm 106. This is right through the Bible. If you neglect God's commands, if you're not interested in the spirit teaching you about God, then destruction soon follows. It may be not for another 50, 60, 70 years, but it will follow. And that's a very short time in the grand scheme of eternity. But it's wonderful that you look at this passage here in verse, uh, Psalm 106 and verse 23, that it says that there was a way for salvation to come despite them breaking God's law. It says that Moses stood in the breach before him to keep his wrath from destroying them. And so there's hope for you. If you've forgotten God's laws and not wanted to be around his laws and not wanted to sit under his teaching, then what are you to do? You're to go to the one who stands in the breach. And that is not Moses. It's the Lord Jesus Christ himself.
He stands in the gap. By his death, atonement is made for all the times that you have forgotten God's law, where you have been ignorant of his laws and broken them. He stands in the gap. And satisfaction is made in him for God's wrath. The destruction that you deserve is poured out upon him. So is there any chance that you are one of those people here this morning? That you are someone who neglects the Bible, who neglects personal Bible reading, who neglects public Bible teaching, who neglects Christian fellowship? Is it possible that you are part of the world? Then I encourage you to beg for forgiveness for ignoring the Spirit's legal counsel and ask that Christ stand in the gap. Trust him. And then ask that the Holy Spirit would teach you and remind you of Christ's commands so that God continues to draw near to you. Let us all here acknowledge our ignorance and forgetfulness and let that drive us to places where the Spirit speaks. Flee to our Bibles, flee to church, flee to Bible studies, crave meetings with Christians because there the Spirit speaks and there we then can hear his legal counsel and there we can then become more obedient to God and there the Lord will draw closer to us and love us all the more for being obedient to him and his commands. Let's come to our God in prayer. Let's speak to him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Holy Spirit who teaches and reminds us of Christ's teachings. Forgive us for our ignorance and forgetfulness and help us, O Lord, to crave hearing your voice by the Spirit in the pages of Scripture. And we pray that we would do this so that we draw near to you and you draw near to us and we find more and more peace in your arms. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.